0: Let's continue reading Joshua chapter 13. In this chapter, we have the division of the land on the east side of the Jordan River between the two and a half tribes of Reuben Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh. Now, we're not going to read this whole chapter because there's a lot of tough names here. (laughs) We'll summarize a lot when we get to the second half of the chapter. Joshua 13, beginning at verse 1. Now Joshua was old, advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, You are old, advanced in years, and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. This is the land that yet remains. All the territory of the Philistines and all that of the Geshurites from Sihor, which is east of Egypt, as far as the border of Ekron northward, which is counted as Canaanite, the five lords of the Philistines, the Gazites, the Ashdodites, the Ashkelonites, the Gittites, and the Ekronites, also the Avites. From the south, all the land of the Canaanites, from Miara that belongs to the Sidonians, as far as Afek to the border of the Amorites, the land of the Gebelites, and all Lebanon toward the sunrise, from Baal Gad below Mount Hermon as far as the entrance to Hamath, all the inhabitants of the mountains from Lebanon as far as the brook Mizraphoth, and all the Sidonians, them I will drive out from before the children of Israel, only divided by lot to Israel as an inheritance, as I have commanded you. Now, therefore, divide this land as an inheritance to the nine tribes and the half-tribe of Manasseh. With the other half-tribe, the Reubenites and the Gadites, received their inheritance, which Moses had given them beyond the Jordan eastward, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had given them from Aroer which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and the town that is in the midst of the ravine, and all the plain of Medaba, as far as Dibon, all the cities of Sion, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, as far as the border of the children of Ammon, Gilead, and the border of the Geshurites, the Maacathites, all Mount Hermon, and all Bashan, as far as Salca, all the kingdom of Og in Bashan, who reigned in Asherah and Edri, who remained of the remnant of the giants, for Moses had defeated and cast out these. Nevertheless, the children of Israel did not drive out the Geshurites or the Maacathites, but the Geshurites and the Maacathites dwell among Israel until this day. Only to the tribe of Levi, he had given no inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord God of Israel made by fire are their inheritance, as he said to them. Now, from verses 15 through 23, we have the portion of the land that was given to the tribe of Reuben, and that is in the south on the east side of the Jordan River. Verse 15, and Moses had given to the tribe of the children of Reuben an inheritance according to their families. Let's go down to the end of verse 23. This was the inheritance of the children of Reuben according to their families, the cities and their villages. Notice, by the way, verse 22 in this section. The children of Israel also killed with the sword Balaam, the son of Beor, the soothsayer among those who were killed by them. Balaam, you remember him? Back in Numbers 22 through 24. And then in verses 24 through 28, we have the portion of land on the east side of the Jordan River, which was given to the tribe of Gad. This would be in the central area. Reubenites had the southern area of the eastern side of the Jordan River down by the Dead Sea. The tribe of Gad had the central portion on the east side of Jordan between the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee, and that is covered here, as I said, in verses 24 through 28. Verse 24, Moses also had given an inheritance to the tribe of Gad to the children of Gad according to their families. Let's take it right on down to verse 28. Verse 28. This is the inheritance of the children of Gad according to their families, the cities, and their villages. And then in verses 29 through 31, we have the portion of land that was given to the half tribe of Manasseh. And this would be up in the north, from the Sea of Galilee north, close to Mount Hermon on the east side of the Jordan River. Verse 29 Moses also had given an inheritance to the half tribe of Manasseh. It was for half the tribe of the children of Manasseh, according to their families. And then in verses 32 through 33, we have a summary of this inheritance of these two and a half tribes on the east side of the Jordan River. Verse 32, these are the areas which Moses had distributed as an inheritance in the plains of Moab on the other side of the Jordan by Jericho eastward. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance as he had said to them. Let's take some background notes. Joshua chapter 13 is the beginning of the second half of the book of Joshua. Remember, the first half of the book concerns the conquering of the land. The second half of the book concerns the division of the land and the settling of the land by the 12 tribes. Now, I love the way the chapter starts out, don't you? Verse 1, now Joshua was old and advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, You are old and advanced in years. I wonder if Joshua said at that point, Lord, did you have to remind me of that fact? (laughs) Now, how old do you think Joshua was at this point? In his 90s, for sure, maybe even 100. The point that's being made, of course, here in verse one is that even though Joshua had done a great job and the seven-year conquest was over, a lot of territory still needed to be possessed. As the land was divided and settled by the 12 tribes, the rest of the enemies in the land were to be eliminated. Unfortunately, the tribes never completed the job. For example, in verse two, we read of the Philistines. It's the only mention of the Philistines in the book of Joshua. If only the tribes had finished conquering the Philistines. Think of all the conflict that could have been avoided in Israel's history as a nation if the Philistines had been eliminated right here at the beginning. Now from verse eight to the end of the chapter, we have the division of the land on the east side of the Jordan River between the two and a half tribes of Reuben Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh. What are they doing over here anyway? Well, remember the two and a half tribes had asked Moses if they could live on the east side of the Jordan. Read about that back in Numbers chapter 32. Well, the Lord had granted their request, even though he preferred that all of the tribes settle on the west side of the Jordan River. Well, a lot more we could say for the background. Let's move now to our doctrinal teaching points for Joshua 13. Doctrinal point number one, believers must possess their inheritance. Believers must possess their inheritance. Back in Joshua chapter one, God had said to Joshua in verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. And verse 6, be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. And now here in verse 7 of Joshua 13, we read, God says to Joshua, now therefore divide this land as an inheritance. So the land was given by God to Israel. It was their inheritance from God himself. But now Israel must possess that inheritance. Although they were now in the land of their inheritance, they were not really possessing it until they were settled in it and enjoying its blessings. Now, do you see the spiritual lesson? In the same way, we must possess our inheritance. God has given us an inheritance of spiritual blessings. We don't have to wait until we get to heaven for this inheritance. It's ours now. When we become Christians, this inheritance is given to us. But now we must possess our inheritance. We must claim our inheritance and appropriate our spiritual blessings and live in the good of the promises. Let's take some examples. Christians who are afraid to die, have not really claimed their eternal security in Christ. Another example, Christians who are worried about their future have not really appropriated the rest of soul that is available in Christ. Another example, Christians who are always complaining and discontented have not really experienced the joy and peace of the land. You see the point? Christians who never get along with their brothers or sisters in the Lord have not really possessed the land of overwhelming love, which is part of our inheritance. Have you claimed and appropriated and experienced all of these spiritual blessings? They are ours in Christ. This is our inheritance. But believers must possess their inheritance. Doctrinal point number two, believers must dispossess their inheritance. Believers must dispossess their inheritance. Now, that sounds like a contradiction to doctrinal point number one, doesn't it? But it's not really. You see, before Israel could fully possess their inheritance, they had to fully dispossess the land of the enemy forces. The conquest was over, but there remained much land to be possessed. A lot of pockets of enemy resistance still remain. The Lord promised full victory. Look at verse 6. Them, that is the enemy forces, I will drive out from before the children of Israel. Now, do you see the spiritual lesson in all of this for us? The enemy does not give up easily, but the enemy will be dispossessed from our possession as we look to the Lord and follow the principles of victory that God has laid down in his word. Many of them right here in the book of Joshua. God promises victory little by little. As we follow the Lord and mature in the faith, we will see victory over sin and temptation. And we will be strengthened to move out and reclaim territory that's still in enemy hands. Now, this applies not only to things like our priorities and our worldviews, for example, where Satan loves to have control, but it also applies to our Christian service as well. You know, there's a lot of land that needs to be dispossessed of enemy control. Yes, it involves spiritual warfare, but God promises victory. Before we can possess the land, it must be dispossessed of enemy control. Believers must dispossess their inheritance. And finally, uh, practical application. Let's live more like the Levites. Let's live more like the Levites. Look at verse 14. Only to the tribe of Levi, he had given no inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord God of Israel made by fire are their inheritance. And verse 33, but to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance. Now it sounds like the Levites got the short end of the stick, doesn't it? The tribe of Levi did not get a portion of the land as their inheritance. Now they did receive cities to live in. 48 cities, to be exact, as we'll see in Joshua chapter 21. But no large land tract for the Levites. Now, that may sound like a raw deal, but it was really a good deal. Because the Levites had no tribal territory, they were not as concerned with material things like houses and property and owning large flocks and herds as the other tribes. The Levites were more streamlined in their lifestyle. They were occupied with serving the Lord and his people. As a result, they were closer to the Lord. The Lord was their inheritance. The application is obvious, right? We need to be occupied more with serving the Lord and his people and less with material things. You can't take it with you, folks. The Lord is our inheritance. Can we say with David in Psalm 16, verse 5 and 6, O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You remain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. That's what David said in Psalm 16, verses 5 and 6. The Apostle Paul said that his goal in life was that I may know him. Philippians 3.10. Can we say that that's our goal? Let's live more like the Levites.